My name is David Porter. I am the author of Five Minutes to Live. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to this podcast. Uh, just a few things to, to note. Um, in the description of the podcast, I've got the purchase link if you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live. I've also got my Facebook and Twitter links so you can find me. I'd love to hear from you. I'll interact with you. Um, the, the purpose of this podcast, we are reading through Five Minutes to Live chapter by chapter, releasing a new chapter each week, and I release them on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. Central Time. Now, if you're here and you haven't started with the prologue, episode number one, go back, start there, or you're going to be completely lost. Please Set the alert notification, whatever that looks like, on your podcast of choice so that when the new episode is released, it alerts you. Now, one other thing, Five Minutes to Live has a lot of footnotes. There are a lot of scientific references and a lot of Bible verses. In each episode, I'll list all of those footnotes so you'll have them. You can go back and research, read about the people, read about the articles, read about the science and read the Bible verses. Finally, I've got a new book that I've finished writing. It's called 60 Seconds of Silence. It's not out yet, but as soon as it is, I'll go back and list the link so you can purchase it in the description of each episode as well. Now, with that, thanks for being here. Let's get to it. Chapter 18. This day that it started out so well, a map, transportation, and even breakfast had very quickly devolved into something completely different. I was standing face to face with a man that only 20 minutes ago I thought was trying to kill me. Now uh, I was simply confused. Aaron saw me and immediately put both hands in the air and calmly said, Matt, we're on the same side. I'm unarmed. I will explain everything, but we need to leave now. I only had a split second to decide, but going with one supposedly unarmed man made a lot more sense than being taken by dozens of heavily armed men. I told Aaron, okay, let's go, but know this, if I suspect anything, I will not hesitate to shoot you. I am armed. At that, Rachel, who had been on the phone, dropped the receiver and screamed, standing up and backed into the corner away from us. Aaron understood and nodded to me. He said, I've been watching the place for a while. They're approaching from the rear. We need to move out the front door right now. And started walking down the hall toward the front door. I turned to Rachel and said, I'm very sorry I scared you. I hope the rest of your day is better than the last two minutes. Thank you for the donuts. And then I followed Aaron. Outside, Aaron led me away from the building, crossing several streets and deeper into the city. After several minutes of running, we reached an abandoned industrial building. There was a tall chain-link fence with signs written in Hebrew and English that said, No Trespassing. The gate to the fence had a long chain and was locked with a padlock. We made our way around the corner so that we couldn't be seen from the main street and came to a place where a large section had been cut from the fence, creating a type of doorway where we could enter the property. Aaron had obviously been there before and knew a place to enter the building. Once we were inside and out of sight, Aaron turned very slowly and faced me. 
He again raised his hands, then lifted his shirt very slowly, showing me there was no gun on him. You can frisk me if you want, he said. That won't be necessary, I said. Honestly, I didn't want to get too close to him so that he could try anything with me. Aaron said, okay, follow me. I want to be on high ground, someplace I can see, and led me to a staircase in the back corner of the building. The staircase opened up to a catwalk that led around the perimeter of the building. Along one edge there was a door, but I couldn't see where it led. In the other direction there was a platform, a room without walls, which must have been used as an additional workspace. There were several wooden sawhorses and a few chairs in the open room. Aaron half sat, half leaned on one of the sawhorses. He tried to relax and get me to do the same. He said, what happened last night? Why did you take off like that? I was still on edge about seeing the mercenaries, about Omar, about Aaron randomly showing up, about Nuria, about all of it. I said, no, Aaron, I'm not answering any questions until I get some answers. I'm asking the questions now. Passive and deferential, Aaron said, sure, Matt, ask me anything. Who were you talking to in the woods last night? I, I belted. It just came out. And, and how did you end up in the hotel where I stayed? How did you make it to Moho Magnetic Machines? Aaron quietly answered. Last night, after the delivery man was snatched by the mercenaries at Kaplan's house, you told me to call and get some Mossad agents to take them down. Remember, I've been suspended. So I called my old partner. The man who trained me. The one person I could trust. I told him to get a team over there, and then for him to meet me at the address you gave me. You didn't understand any of that, because he and I were talking in Arabic. He arrived at the house moments before we did. He beat us there. He had already found the woman, unconscious. Swept the house and was checking the perimeter when we showed up. I didn't know he was there, so I swept the perimeter and then made my way into the woods to make sure we were clear. He saw me in the darkness and thought I was one of the mercenaries. He set an ambush. I'm just glad he didn't kill me. You can imagine it was an intense conversation between the two of us. Right then, at that moment, we heard a buzzing noise. We thought it was a mercenary and started quietly searching. Then I saw you running and tried to get you to stop so I could explain. We chased you and I slammed into the trap you set. You should see the bruises across my thighs. But that's nothing compared to Yusuf, my partner. He's in the hospital. Most of the bones in his face are broken. Negative nudge. I sat there in silence for a moment. Aaron's answer sounded good, but something, somewhere, didn't fit. Okay, how did you find me last night and again this morning? Aaron smiled and said, I've known where you were every second since you put those clothes on yesterday. Hasn't it crossed your mind that we would put a tracker on you? If we got separated, I could find you. If you were abducted by the enemy, you would lead me to them, to their base of operations. Last night and again this morning, you haven't traveled more than two miles, so it's been pretty easy to catch up to you. Then pausing for a moment, Aaron asked, Hey, 
Did you steal my SUV this morning? I thought I had hidden that thing better. Yeah, I took it. I watched how you rubbed the wires together to crank it, and I just followed your example. I figured if you had randomly showed up at the hotel, which would be a statistical anomaly, I could put some distance between me and you by taking a ride. It's parked a few blocks from here, if it hasn't been stolen or towed. What happened to make you take off like that last night? You didn't even give me a chance to explain anything. But now that you've heard it, it makes sense, right? Aaron asked. The more he talked, the more things fell into place. I began to relax and nodded, answering his question. I said, okay, so last night, I was sitting there checking on Nuria when her eyes popped open. She told me a couple things and then her eyes got really big and she said, don't trust Omar. That was the last thing she said before she died. You had used the name of Omar as cover that first night when you picked us up at the hotel and I thought she was talking about you. I went outside looking for you. I made my way to the woods and recognized your voice talking to someone. It freaked me out and I was just going to ease out of the woods and leave you guys when you heard me and started chasing me. If Nuria hadn't told me not to trust you or Omar, I wouldn't have been so spooked. Sorry about your partner. I, I, I really am. Aaron asked. I guess that makes sense, even though I'm the guy who's been doing everything in my power to get your friend back. So why did you go to Moho Magnetic Machines and did you learn anything? Wait, what were the things the woman told you before she died? Nuria told me that I had the key, whatever that means. She wasn't making a whole lot of sense at that point. Then she said I needed to go to Moho Magnetic Machines and Right before she died, she told me not to trust Omar. At that Moho place, all I learned was some basic stuff about seismic waves and a little about MRI machines. I think the project manager was just about to tell me some details concerning what he and Jessica were working on when I saw the mercenaries approaching on the security camera. That's when I took off. By the way, the project manager's name is Omar. Mm-hmm. Did Omar say anything about Russia? Aaron asked. Wait, I said, trying to suppress this horrible feeling, that negative nudge I had been fighting since yesterday. I've got a question for you that's been nagging at me. I've talked to Jessica's personal assistant, and now I've talked to the project manager of the program, and neither of them have said anything about geothermal energy. Nothing. In fact, the personal assistant flat out denied it. Why do you think that's what Jessica was working on? Where'd you get that information? Did either the personal assistant or project manager say anything about Russia? Aaron asked again. They were under strict orders not to, but I have found that you're a little more persuasive than you look and might have learned about it. I shook my head. No, nobody's told me anything about Russia. Omar said the word Russia. Actually, he said something like, we hit a jackpot when we were in Russia at just about the time I was running out of the door, but I didn't get to ask him or hear anything about it. Aaron nodded. That's when we, Mossad, first became suspicious of your friend Dr. Adams and her team, including Omar Abdul. I don't know why, but I was surprised that he knew Omar's last name. 
He continued, Any time a group of Israeli scientists travels to a country that is not so friendly with ours, we take notice. Their team went to Russia, and we immediately added them to a watch list of sorts. We began tracking their movements, their patents, their progress. We tapped their phone lines. We had to make sure they weren't an enemy of the state, even an unwitting participant in an enemy's plan. That's how we discovered what they were working on. We have had our suspicions that Omar Abdul was a mole leaking information. I think with the presence of the mercenaries today, it has been confirmed. Yes, I would say it has. What's our next move? Do we have any leads? I asked expectantly. Aaron nodded and said, Yes, I have a plan, but I don't think you're going to like it. End of chapter 18. If you're still here, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that reading. If you want to purchase 5 Minutes to Live, the link is in the description below, and you can find my Facebook and Twitter links there as well. Drop me a line. Please subscribe and hit the bell so you know when the next chapter is released, and if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.